Hello friends and welcome to your bumper end of season Ipswich Town Kings of Anglia podcast. I'm your host Mark Heath. The whole damn team is with me today for, like I say, a special look back, review slash award show for the season that's just gone. Let's be honest, Ipswich Town was shite pretty much on the pitch this morning, at, uh, this morning, this this season. Absolutely unacceptable 11th place finish, but what a ride it was and we're going to talk all about it, review it and hand out some awards in due course. I'm not going to bother with intros this morning. We're still waiting for Ross to join us, by the way. He's currently on a Teams call with his dentist, so I look forward to an update on that when he does appear. Um, but I want to start today with a little game, gentlemen. Um, and I'm going to start with you, Mike, because I want you to be the game player. We've not seen you for a couple of weeks. You've been at your second home in Spain. You've come back rocking what can I describe as the haircut of a 25-year-old. Very fashionable, cropped look. You are properly Benjamin Buttoning, aren't you, my friend? Um, getting younger as we all get older. Uh, but, Mike, this is the game. Before, before the match on Saturday, I, like the caring, thoughtful, considerate boss that I am, suggested to the boys, I said, boys, lads, I'll take you out for breakfast before the game. Went down like a fart in a lift. Wasn't a three-line whip, but they eventually all dragged themselves along to various degrees of enthusiasm. Um, so we ended up at the grazing sheep on Saturday morning. Me and Stewie walked from the office. We were late. Hutchie was there on his own for a while. And uh, and Roscoe was hanging, big style, let's be honest. He'd been at Powell's since about four in the morning the night before. He was he was in bits, the lad. We had what I can only describe as one of the most eclectic breakfast orders you could ever imagine. And I want you, I'm going to tell you what the orders were, and I want you to associate the order with the man. See how well you know us. So with that background information, Ross, Rossi hanging, Stewie very much into his gym at the moment. We're only late because Stewie had to stop every five minutes to do press-ups on the way down there. Um, Hutchie, non-plus, I would say. Made very sure that we know that he, he, he missed um, breakfast crumpets with his family to be there. So this was the mood um, as we sat at the grazing sheep. This was the order. Granola, eggs benedict, a scone with clotted cream and jam and a ham and cheese croissant. From what you know of us, Mike, and you've worked with all of us for a long time, can you can you match up the order to the man? Who's, for example, who whose was the scone? Is this breakfast you had? This is breakfast. It was a it was a not afternoon tea. No, no, no. This was breakfast. It was a pre-match breakfast. And and for the shadow archant figures who may be listening, this was definitely a team planning meeting. It wasn't just breakfast. Oh no, right, yeah. You've obviously, we, used, you obviously put the invoice in. Of, of course, yeah. We had, uh, I bought, uh, it was on me, Mike, but oh. obviously, ultimately, Mr. Archant. Um, so that, that was it. That's the vibe. So what do you reckon? Who had the scone? Hutchie. Wrong. Who had the granola? Hutchie. Wrong. I can see where this is going. It's not, not going to work out quite as I thought. Um, who had the croissant? Ah, uh, now that's, now I'm not going to say Hutchie. I'm going to say Stu. Wrong. Who had the eggs Benedict? You did. Wrong. <laughs> Amazing. <laughs> Proving just how well he knows us there. The the order for those of you playing along at home, if, if you do, if you were playing along at home, um, Ross hung over, hanging out of his proverbial Ross, had the scone and was then baffled by the clotted cream. Wasn't sure what to do with it. Um Stewie had the granola, as I say, Mr. Fitness, our own very own Jason Statham slash Vin Diesel. I had the ham and cheese croissant and Hutchie, Billy Big Baller, went for the Eggs Benedict, which looked tremendous, Hutchie. And it was, I've got to say, a lovely little breakfast spot, that, the grazing sheep. You found it for us. You you claimed the table and I enjoyed it. 
I was on time. Yeah, you were. That's you were why. on time. Absolutely. Um, you'll do well to get a table at the Grazing Sheep on a Saturday. Do you know who else likes a table at the Grazing Sheep on a Saturday? I do. Paul, Paul Lambert. Lambert. Mm. It's a, fav- a favourite haunt of his, even now. So there you go. If you want to see Lambo, that's where you go and see him in Ipswich. Right then, friends, let's move on. Um, as I say, the, the main thrust of today's show is going to be awards, reviews, et cetera, et cetera. But we have to obviously touch on what's happened since we last spoke. Ipswich Town's season is over. They finished it in style on Saturday. Thumping, crushing, sweeping chart on the side at Portman Road, 4-0. Um, and I enjoyed it. So we have to, being as we are on Ipswich Town podcast, and this is a, a new show, we have to just reflect on that, Mike. So um, you sit back, take take a load off, maybe open one of your books, well, I asked Stewie and Andy just to give me their thoughts on the final day of the season. And then obviously there's a couple of stories we need to speak out of arising from. Um, Stewie, you were, you were fueled by granola. We watched Ipswich Town win 4-0. How was it for you? Uh, it was good. Uh, a few points of order before we continue. Uh, it's not called Pals anymore. I think it's called it's Vodka Revs. Yeah, oh, we've, mo- we've moved on from that. Yeah, you're about... you're. Probably the best part of two decades. I've dated out, myself there, haven't there. I? I have. I've dated my. I've aged myself. Anyway, you have. Um, I think you did declare that that was the first time you've been into Ipswich in in more than twelve months, wasn't it? So you, you, your your Ipswich knowledge is is slightly outdated there. Yeah, that's correct. Yeah. <laughs> um, you called me Jason Statham. Yeah. In there. It's not the lookalike that the uh, the listeners are going for. Um, YouTube. One of the YouTube comments from our video at the weekend called called Andy and myself, Les, and um, who was your one? Jason, Jason Manford. Jason Manford. Turns oh. out Les, uh, Les Dennis was the first Les that came to mind. It turns out there's a character called Les that was on uh, Vic Reeves' Big Night Out many years ago. Uh, he's bald and he wears glasses. I mean, it's it's not a bad shout looking <laughs> at it. But, um, yeah, that you, we might need to update update the lookalike there. Um back to the game. You want to know about Charlton, don't you? You started by saying it's been shite this season on the pitch rips, which it wasn't shite on, on Saturday. It was, uh, it was a very good performance. Mm. Um, and we've seen some good performances from Ipswich, lots of good performances under Kieran McKenna, but it's that, that ruthless edge that's been missing. But uh, it was there at the weekend. Um, got an early goal and crucially followed it up with, with a second, which... Um, which made for a very enjoyable afternoon in the in the spring sunshine and sent us all uh, skipping off into into the summer. Yeah, it was good. Champagne football. They played some lovely stuff. I also, this is the first time I ever sat next to Stewie to watch a football game. First of all, Stewie, apologise. Um, I must ha- I must do that because I kept punching you in the arm. Um, I was aware that I was doing that. Whenever something looked like it was going to happen, I just punched you in the arm. Particularly when Backinson scored, I think I, I punched you as, as the ball was on the way into the net. So I do apologise. Also, obviously, town. Um, we've got Brenner Woolley. We've got Town TV. We need commentators. I'd give this man a look. Um, I mean, obviously, we need him to cover games for us. But if there is a, a commentator slot going, because you, you kind of commentate on a game as you're watching it, Stu. And I'm, I'm assuming that's because you need to kind of keep in your head who started the move and what, what, what who, who made the pass and how it worked. But that's quite an eye-opener for me, because normally I'm sitting behind you, um, kind of higher up. So I've never, I've never listened to the Watson commentary sitting right next to you. I wasn't aware I did that. Apologies to Andy who has to put up with that. It must be very distracting. I do, I do, yeah. I have a sort of an internal 
commentary. I thought it was internal it's going external. on. Because, it's yeah, very much it's, external. It's because I have to kind of log who's, you know, in case this set piece leads to something, which, yeah. which it doesn't. I don't need to worry about that. But, yeah, uh, you you, you kind of need to remember who's who's done what in a, in a move at all times. It's like you're kind of watching, because you, you have to watch it in a very different way, don't you? You kind of watch it almost like on live TV, but, but on pause and then rewind. And, and kind of store that in your in your in your hard drive. That was not just me, is it, Hutchie? Stu definitely commentates on a game. I think it would be dreadful commentary because the commentary comes <laughs> like quite quite a fair time after the, the, each individual event has happened. Yeah, but, yeah. Um, yeah. There's some outward outward discussion. I liked it. I enjoyed it. What did you make of the game, Hutchie? You you, you had your eggs Benedict in. Sorry, you missed out on crumpets with the family. Um, did that make up for it? That the breakfast and then the the four nil thumping. Had you 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 all had had breakfast right by this point? So, uh, so you sat I, down I, declaring that he'd eaten he'd eaten eggs for breakfast already. We were meeting for breakfast. He needs, he needs the calories. He's got to get massive. Um, so he's don't very don't get massive. Just <laughs> just enjoy enjoy going to the gym. Don't get massive. It won't suit you. I only um, had a banana, and I'm not sure Ross had eaten anything. Judging by the state of follow, not since the kebab at yeah four a.m. Yeah. Um, what did I make of the game? Um. Speaking I think the devil. here he is. We'll get to you in a minute. Hello, Hi, Ross. Um, <laughs> um, yeah, it was yeah, it was a nice way to end the season, wasn't it? Um, ended in disappointment some time ago, but we wanted them to send people off with a smile, and they they did that. I think if you score twice early against a team that equally have it, nothing. It, Charlton weren't even battling for tenth. Um, <laughs> So if you score twice against a team that's got nothing to play for inside, was it 11 minutes, the, the mm. first two goals? You're going to have won the game, aren't you? And and they 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 played well, played with some freedom, scored some good goals. And um, yeah, it was enjoyable. It was good. And we should, I guess from the game, we don't want to go into too much depth, but it was nice to see Cameron Humphreys on the pitch. And um, I think he got 15 minutes or so. And he looked really bright, didn't he? I think he set up the uh, the Norwood goal. Um, playing slightly further forward in that um, kind of 10 role behind the striker. What, what, what did you make of him? Is that the first time you've seen him in anger, as it were, Stewie? No, I mean, my first memory, standout memory of him was was playing in that Newport game in the League Cup right at the start of the season, where I, although that was a disappointing result that night, I, got, I thought it was a really good team performance. They didn't really deserve to lose that game. They battered Newport and I thought Humphreys was probably their best player. I've got sort of two abiding memories of that game was a Luco looking well off the pace early early on, which led to a few people prematurely writing him off. And uh Cameron Humphreys looking looking the part. Um and then I felt really sorry for him that his first taste of league action came against Charlton away from home when everyone's heads were all over the place post Paul Cook going and that game ended with a lot of anger from the away end and Toto Enciala going over to confront them. That's when Cameron Humphreys made his league debut in the last few minutes of that game. And then by a sheer coincidence, his second taste of league football comes against Charlton again, but in, in very different circumstances when the team was 3-0 up when he came on in, in an attacking position and, and the team were uh, sort of playing with a bit of freedom, enjoying themselves. And um, yeah, re- really good pass for Norwood. And uh, just makes you wonder what his next next step will be in his career. Mm. Uh, Roscoe, thanks for joining us. You've been uh, on a Teams call with your dentist. How are the teeth? Uh, they're, they're fucked. 
<laughs> okay. Apologies to any youngsters listening. Um, so what have you done? You, you've chipped a tooth while running. Yeah. And um, so that's the reason why I didn't eat much on Saturday because I was actually in pain. Secretly, I was in pain. Oh, I was no, just hiding pain. it. Don't you worry. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that that as well. The other the other mm. thing, but I was I've been in pain for a few weeks with it, so um, I've got yeah, a lot of work to be done. So I, in a way, pre season or the off season has come at the right time for me. So I've got a lot of appointments. So yeah, gonna fit them in. Are you gonna go full cosmetic while they're doing it? Get the uh, the veneers? Not that that far. To be fair, my dentist said he he wouldn't go that 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 route he doesn't doesn't think it's uh cuz you sure. you have to change him don't you you have to after a few years you have to get him done again depends depends where you go but okay. yes there will be some element of upkeep at some point uh, and also rossi you did the classic rossi thing just to dot the i's and cross the t's on on saturday uh me and you went back to the office you had to finish off game day and then you went you engaged full ross halls mode tell us about it Oh dearie me, Stu knows his story because um, I bumped into him. But um, for the listeners and for you, gentlemen, um, so as you're aware, um, Hutchie, Heafy, Mike, I don't know if you've gone to our office yet. Have you gone to a new office yet? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Very good. Um, so we have to, we have um, like a white card to get into the building, don't we? Um, yes. And to actually get into office as well, to actually get into the Archant Community Media office. Um, so, you know, I was doing all my game day stuff um, and doing Andy and Stu's reacts and I needed a pee, as you do. Um, and what I did wrongly is I left the card, left my phone, left all my possessions in the office. Of course, when I sh- locked, shut the door, I went, oh, no, there's no way to get back in the office. There's no way to get out of the office. And I was panicking. I was panicking. I was running, walking everywhere around that building. Like, how the hell am I going to get out of this building? Luckily, there's a phone number I can call on a the reception desk so i had to ring them up and a, a nice lady answered and she told me what to do i had to basically get out there's a fire exit go to yeah. the fire exit open that up then I had to go to like a bin shed where there's a spare white key hidden in a corner maybe i shouldn't be saying this song. yeah <laughs> yeah <laughs> uh, it's not in that yeah. shed. <laughs> if you use that card there's a safe full of money in our office yeah. that you can... <laughs> um the end of the story is I got back in the building and um, I bumped into Stu on the waterfront and told him this story and then had a curry. There we go. Nice. I'd love to see the CCTV of this. There must be there must be CCTV yeah. somewhere if you you freaking out. Um, anyway, boys, let, let's move on. Charlton 4-0. A couple of stories arising from. Obviously, it was the last game for Mr. Norwood. Since we last spoke, he put out a statement on Friday night um, essentially saying that he was leaving and, and thanks for everything. He then went out as only James Norwood could, Hutchie. Um, he came on for the last five minutes or so. No, it was a bit longer than that, wasn't it? Um, scored a great goal with pretty much his only chance uh, and, and then dragged four of his mates out of the crowd to do the laugh of appreciation with him. It was kind of the perfect end to what's been a, a very up and down time at, at Ipswich Town for, for James Norwood. He's a man that does things his own way, doesn't he? So, um, hmm. yeah, the first, the first time we met James Norwood, he uh, was... Naked, wearing yeah. only a chef's apron, running out for training, and then there was an incident after that, which one day we'll talk about. Already, yeah, <laughs> and then he proceeded to lock one of the analysts up in a cherry picker, um, uh, and turned him away from the pitch, and they pelted footballs at him. So that was the first day we met James Norwood in 2019. So it's it, it's it feels fitting that he would kind of go out in this way as well on the pitch. 
attracting some attention, which mm. is what he's always done uh, for varying reasons on the pitch with a really, really good goal, as you say. And then, and then while the rest of the team are looking after their children and like waving <laughs> their kids are kind of waving into the crowd and Sam Morsi's tutu wearing daughter is sprinting around the pitch. Uh, James has, has hooked four lads out of uh, an executive box away from their drinks to, to, uh, to give, give it one to the North stand. So he's always done things his own way. And I think he's ended his town spell perfectly. If I'm, if I'm honest, I, I, it, it feels like a, a perfect ending at the right time for, for everybody to be parting ways and going in different directions. Yeah, we walked past, didn't we, Roscoe? After I went out to say hello to the game day, lads. And as we walked back into the, the ground, we walked past Mr Norwood's friends, who I think it's fair to say were, were suitably refreshed. They obviously enjoyed their their day. Stewie, what, as you look back on, on James Norwood's time at town, clearly there have been some ups and downs. There's been some silly and, and, and fairly serious stuff happening off the pitch. Um, how will you remember him? And... and do you think Town got the best out of him? Could he end up, end up being the man that we talk about, this striker to score the goals? It's just <clears throat> the, the injuries were a killer for James. I, I looked back the other day, it popped up on my kind of suggested videos feed of Andy and I talking about what James Norwood could bring to Ipswich when he signed. And I talked about him being robust, someone who's rattled out 40 45 games a season every year mm. up to the age of what 28 when it's signed him and I was thinking that's what you need in league one someone who can play week in week out and sadly that's not happened that that stopped at Ipswich he just seems to have whether it's his his way of playing he, he gives everything he chases everything sometimes he he fights and scraps more than he probably needs to I don't know if he conserves his energy or his you know his his physical jewels in the way he should do, but maybe that's caught up on him. But um, it's just been very stop-start, hasn't it, with with hamstrings and various injuries that he's had and never enabled him to to keep that momentum and, and rhythm going. So, um, as he as he said in his, his statement, he came here to score goals and, and ultimately he does leave with, with a record of one every 180-odd minutes on the pitch in the league, that is. Um, which is a which is a pretty good return for a striker and someone who's who's uh, who's had a pretty stop start time, but um, I, I think a fresh start both for Ipswich and and for James Norwood ultimately is uh, is the right thing to do. Mm. Yeah, certainly scored goals. Um, someone who's not really been scoring goals for some time is McCauley Bond Hutchie. And this morning, before we started rolling, um, obviously we're, we're currently waiting for the the town retain list to come out. It looks like McCauley Bond may have played his last game for Ipswich Town. Um, and he put out a little statement on social media, didn't he? Can you just bring us up to speed on that? Just a little thank you, I think, to both to the club <laughs> and, and to the fans for a year that will have taken an awful lot out of him emotionally, both both good and good and bad, positive and negative for him. Um, I, the, the, the retained list isn't going to tell you McCauley Bond's future when that comes. Um, I think it's... I think we, we'll probably be talking about Macaulay Bond now and again for the rest of the summer um, as potential striking targets come and go. But clearly, as as for now, it's not going to be one that's immediately immediately made permanent or anything like that, it would seem. So, yeah, just a little goodbye and a thank you um, from an Ipswich fan who uh, who lived his, lived his dream for three months at the start of the season and found things that little bit more tough, but still, I, I imagine 
thoroughly enjoyed wearing the Ipswich badge for for what was left of that that mm. loan spell. Um, it's a shame, isn't it, that it didn't work out? I think I was happier when Macaulay Bomb was happy. That mm. that made that made everything about football quite happy and smiley because it was a, a beautiful a beautiful story there that was um, capturing the imagination during the first three months of the season. But um, sadly, it fizzled away. I was gutted he didn't score on Saturday. Gutted. I, I so badly wanted him to, to score. And obviously, he put one in the net. He was offside as he spent quite a lot of the game being. I do want to say now, James Ward is definitely going to score against Sixwich Town next season. If and when they do meet, he's going to score. It'll be very interesting how he celebrates. Uh, Mike, moving away from matters Saturday, just one other story I want to t- touch on very quickly before we get on to the awards. Kieran McKenna, linked to the Watford job. Second favourite for the Watford job. Something I, I'd imagine we're we're going to have to get used to. And it's kind of flattering in a way, because I can't remember the last time a, a sitting town manager was linked with a job in the top tier. Um, your thoughts? Uh, yeah, well, obviously this story came, um, I think Stu put it out there yesterday when he saw that uh, McKenna had been linked. Um, yeah, um, yeah, links are links, aren't they? Um, McCarthy used to be linked with all sorts of jobs when he was here. I can't see Kieran McKenna going to Watford. I'll be <laughs> very, surprised if, very surprised if he does if he wants to go to Watford it's up to him but I mean I've had about 50 managers in the last three years haven't they so um, I'd be but yeah, he's attracting attention isn't he I mean even though his record Ipswich is decent you know it's, it's it's what it is he's a young manager people like young man people like young managers coming through and they're always gonna, they're going to get a bit of interest but I yeah he's, he's going to attract a bit of attention but I don't I don't think that's going to happen um I'm sure I'm, I'm sure it won't actually, but mm. Watford will be in the championship anyway next season, I would suggest. So yeah, I, I'd be surprised. But he's been linked, which is which just shows us the, the impact, the early impact he's had. Ipswich Town. I mean, we all keep praising him up and telling him how great he's doing and he's, his record's pretty decent. Fair play to him. I mean, he must be chuffed. I mean, it's good, it's a good uh, a good good position for him to be in. Um, you know, to be to already being linked with with, with other clubs after being first team manager about what five months. So He's not been. Li- I think the word link suggests that it's kind of a, a story that you know, and un- we understand type story that's come from somewhere. Yeah. He, he's on a bookmakers list. That you know, bookmakers odds are determined by someone putting a tenner on can change those sort of early markets very quickly. I wouldn't read too much into that at all. I think it's come from the fact that Watford. I think have said, well, there's been an article saying that Watford are going to go down a different route, go down a sort of a younger British managerial route which is probably why McKenna's kind of en- ended up on there but um I go back to sort of McKenna speaking at the fans forum recently saying that he wouldn't have left Manchester United for any old club he came here to to be part of a project to to over he's very carefully chosen Ipswich Town as something that he thinks he can improve over a period of time and um Watford as you say have kind of I've got a history of hiring and firing and, and they may well say that that's going to change now and we're going down a different route. But I think Andy said in a tweet and a reply to someone, you don't want to be the first manager that tests out that theory, do you? So, um, yes, Watford are a, will be a championship club next season, but I think McKenna's focus will be on trying to get Ipswich to, to the championship. Um, I don't see anything in this one at all, but it's, it's something that we'll, you know, we'll probably have to get used to over, over the period of time. And, and, and if we do, that means McKenna's doing a good job. So that's fine mm. by me. Okay, right then, friends. Pray silence, please, for the Kings of Anglia Awards 2021-22 slash review. Um, and I thought we'd start <laughs> by just going back and looking at our 
quite frankly ridiculous preseason predictions. Um, we all we all had a pop at predicting who would make various positions in the league um, and various other awards we're going to hand out. So I don't want to go too early there. Um, I think we all did okay in terms of predictions for the league. Um, Mike and Roscoe, you both had Charlton in the top two, um, which obviously hasn't come to pass quite spectacularly. But you know, looking at where they finished last season, it wasn't it wasn't a bad shout. I think most of us had. One of the top two, um, a lot of Rotherham's being predicted. Playoff place is okay. Relegation's okay. Um, Hutchie, you're not giving me MK Dons as a dark horse. You're saying that that was not on. I don't think that was. It's it's borderline. I'm not sure MK Dons were a dark horse at the start of the season. I'll but, take it, but you can have it. <laughs> Excellent. Right then, friends. The way we're going to do this, we're going to go through various awards. Um, the boys are also going to hand out their own bespoke awards at some point, um, and I'm going to start with the way we did it. Uh, back at the start of the season, and that was start with Town's best summer signing. Now, when we did this, um, little uh, asterisk, Sam Morsey and, and Bert Sansalina weren't in the building, so that's uh, you have to remember that. But most of us, Hotchie said Lee Evans, I think I said Lee Evans, I think pretty much all of us said Lee Evans. Oh, Stu, you said Scott Fraser, that didn't work out um, very well. Oh, Mike, of course, you said Joe Piggott, another one. Um, <laughs> Lee Evans from Ross. And Lee Evans from me. So, um, Hotchie, I'm going to start with you. Who have you got in reflection now as we sit at the end of the season? Who was, in actual fact, Town's best summer signing? I think before we start, we probably need to just all accept that we slept on Wes Burns, didn't we? In Big in time. every in, in in every sense. Big um, time. But but we did. Um best signing. Um I would obviously Burns is in that comment. I'd actually give this to Christian Walton, I think mm-hmm. would be my would be my best signing. I think they've set both getting him on loan was was a, a brilliant deal to do that at at that point. Um, signing him permanently was a, a an excellent piece of business at a brilliant time, and they've set themselves up with a a top notch goalkeeper for many many years to come. Hopefully, so I think I think actually the best signing out of all of them is Christian Walton. Do you know where I put Christian Walton in my uh, my best summer signings list? Fourteen. <laughs> I said he's a keeper, and I, I don't. I can't get excited about keepers. I do oh. get very excited yeah. about keepers. <laughs> yeah, um, and, and so and yeah, he's so a he's very, a very good one. And also, obviously, I had uh, Shawnee Aluko at, at the bottom of that list as well. Anyway, moving on, um, uh, Stewie, who's who's the best summer signing? Hutchie saying Walton. What are you saying? Just before I say that, on the predictions tip, I want to give a little nod to to Ross actually, who had Plymouth down as his dark horses, who ultimately didn't quite get over the line in, in the playoffs, but that was a good shout. Mike, you did have them to get relegated. Not, not so good. Plymouth. Did I? Yeah. Um, but I had Ipswich in the top two as yeah. well, and I'm, I'm not falling into that trap again. <laughs> I'm not falling. I'm not. I'm going to, yeah, un- underestimate them this mm. year and, and hope that they surprise me in a good way. Um, best signing, Sam Morsey. For what I just think... He came in late to the party. He looked like a player in the first few weeks and months that was still getting his head around the fact that he'd arrived in Ipswich in League One. That all happened quite quickly on deadline day. I'm not sure he was jumping through hoops to leave Middlesbrough at the time. He's he's pretty much said that in, in an interview himself. But I think once he's got his head around where he is and the task at hand, he's really grown into being that influential captain. And I think if Ipswich are going to get themselves out of this division next year, him being that beating heart, the engine, the uh, 
the influential skipper. He's he's going to be the one that makes the biggest difference going forward. So um, Sam Morsey, best signing. I bloody love Sam Morsey, and I'm going to agree. Just going to throw my hat in the ring. He's also my award winner in this category. Mike Bacon, who's your... You can't say Joe Piggott again. Who's your he, signing of the summer? He can. Well, well, he could, but it'd be complete nonsense. Joe Piggott. Is my best no, um, my best summer sign. My best summer sign. Actually, I mean, I like. I think uh, I must agree with Mr. Hutch. I mean, Walton, outstanding signing. That is. That's that's been the best, one of the best. But I'm gonna, I'm gonna just throw a little little curveball in here. And see, I've got as the season's gone on, Connor Chaplin's really impressed me more mm. and more and more as the season's gone on. He's sort of been in and out of the team a little bit, but whenever he's been in it, he's done well. And he's a goal scorer, a midfield. I know Burns does as well, but Chaplin's chipped in with quite a few goals this season. I th- they've been looking around for a number 10 all season, just playing behind the striker. And I think Connor Chaplin has has just... I think he's been a really good sign in this season for Ipswich Town. Um, and I think he'll do good things going forward. That's the, that's the key of a, of a good sign as well, not just how he does just in his yeah. first season. I think he's going to continue to improve. Hmm. Was it you, Hutch, who described Connor Chaplin as a pest? Yep. I think that's the perfect way of describing him, isn't it? The way he plays the game. He, he's he's excellent to watch. Um, Rossi, best summer signing. Who are you giving it to? I'm echoing a lot of the boys' thoughts uh, and your thoughts, of course. Um, it, it's got to be Walton. It's got to be Walton. I just he's a fantastic goalkeeper, and as as Hutchie said, getting him on loan was a, a massive coup. First of all, and then getting permanently, and you know he's going to be here for many years to come. He's just a fantastic goalkeeper, and I think that's what you need for a you know a winning team is having a good goalkeeper. And uh, yeah, he's a, a fan favourite as well. Yeah, good old Walton. Okay, so two for Walton, two Morsey, one Connor Chaplin. Um, congratulations, chaps! Just a reflection on where we predicted Town would would finish. Um, Stu alluded to it there. We all obviously said top six. Um, I think Stu and Andy both said top two. Um, I'm gonna have to temper those. No, no, I said third. Okay, all right, fair enough. You said third. Um, we're going to have to temper those, are we not, next season though, boys? There's always a temptation to go big. Roscoe, I think you were tempted to say champions, um, but we shall see by the time July 30th comes around what we're saying next time. MVP is the next award. That, for those of you who don't like American sports, is most valuable player, essentially best player at the club. We all had a bit of a nightmare here. Um, Me and Hutchie, no, sorry, me and Mike both said Rakeem Harper. That's not that's not that's not really worked out. Um Stewie said Kane Vincent Young. Hutchie said Lee Evans. What did Rossi say? Oh my god. Uh Rossi said Vaclav Hladki. So uh, well. wow. We were we were we were well wide of the mark there. Um okay. Rossi, I'm gonna start with you because you were last last time. Who was Town's MVP this season? There's one clear front runner in this category, is there not? There is. And also the reason why I picked Vaz um, is because he was number one before Walton then did sign on deadline day. Um, but anyway, um, Sam Morsey is my MVP because he's a leader. Um, and without him, we were rubbish. If you really think about it, when he was suspended, we were actually rubbish. Um, he drives forward, he scores goals when he can, um, which Hutchie loves. Um, I just <laughs> think he's just a fantastic player and... I think that's what we've needed in this team for a while, which is a leader. And uh, yeah, Sam Morsey, my MVP. Andy Hutch Warren. This is the award that people want the most and they want to know your opinion hmm. on it. Who was Towns MVP this past season? Uh, I think I think it has to be, I think you have to give it to Wes Burns for 
for this for this season. Um, mm. I, I love watching Sam Morsi. Um, they did all right when he was suspended, didn't they? I thought they won. They won like three of the four games that that he missed. But so maybe he's not that good. But um, <laughs> Wes Wes Burns, maybe he was too valuable, um, too much of a an MVP. But um, I, I think after this season, I don't think he can go anywhere else. Yeah, I agree. Um, I'm just going to throw my, my two pennies worth in here. has to be Wes Burns. Doesn't it? The amount of times we spoke about stop Wes Burns and you stop town, that's the very definition of MVP for me. So I'm with Hutchie. Stewie, what are you saying? Has to be. 13 yeah. goals from playing right wing back for most of the season. Six assists. He swept the board. He's in the year of the sort of club awards. He's in the EFL team of the year. Has to be Wes Burns. Mickey? Right. Um, well, look... Most valuable player, if you don't concede goals, you don't lose games. And I think Christian Walton come into the side when he did. There's a big dynamic change there in Ipswich Town. I mean, the clean sheets, they suddenly start racking up. I know they didn't start winning every game afterwards, but I'm putting Walton down. So I think as when he came in, I think he made a massive difference to that team um, defensively. I mean, you know, they conceded five against Bolton and, and they were all over the place and he came in. And I just think Walton's done great. And yep, Wes Burns, of course, on the, you know, scoring those goals, as Stewie said, you can't not, what a fantastic season he's had. But for me, I just think when I look at top teams like Man City, Liverpool, you know, they have their goalkeepers, just such a massive part of their setup. And Walton has that chance in League One to be the best goalkeeper in League One next season, definitely. So to me, Christian Walton was in goal for that Bolton game, by the way. I was in. <laughs> like, I, I, tell, I tell you, that was his debut. That was his debut. Yeah. <laughs> That's what I mean. Look how he improved. I mean, you know, yeah. what a start! And by the end of it, he's conceded no goals at all. How unbelievable! Progress. So we've got we've got three Burns there. We've got one Walton and one Morsey, which I think is a fair reflection of of town season in terms of their best players. Next up friends is surprise package now this is obviously the Aaron Drynan Memorial Award um Mr Drynan ended up with 16 goals I think in League Two slowed down a bit and late in Orient fell away which is a, an absolute disgrace and a shame um but looking back at, at what we did at the start of the season Stu me Hutchie all said big totes Toto Enciala something's tickled Hutchie there I uh, mate I just I, I just will always remember that Aaron that Aaron Drynan that's one of my favorite things that's happened on this podcast years ago that, when was that 2018 it was the start of the Paul Hurst season yeah wasn't it? yeah oh, that it just always tickles me <laughs> what fun we've had and it will never die because one day you'll end up playing against town I'm sure I don't know where that will be, actually. Or for um, them again. Or Who, for knows? Them? Who, Who knows? Who knows? <laughs> they, need, they need a talismanic striker this summer. It's just bag 16 <laughs> in League Two. Um, surprise package. Uh, Roscoe, you said Matt Penny. And I've got to give a, a doth of the cap here to Mike Bacon, who said Macaulay Bon, who, let's, let us not forget, friends, at the start of the season, we all were saying that Joe Piggott was going to be the main man. All of us said he'd be the top scorer for town. And Macaulay Bond was kind of very much a backup, clearly ended up being a surprise package. So I'm going to start with you for this actual award, Mike. You got the closest out of all of us. Who are you actually going to give it to, though, for the season? Well, you're going to think this is bonkers, me giving this award to, to this person for a surprise package. But I'm going to give it to him anyway. I'm going to give it to Wes Burns. Because, okay. yeah. because he's been outstanding, obviously. Did we really see him scoring 13 goals at the start of the season? Was it 13 he got? I don't know how many he got. Did we really think that? I mean, did, did anybody... I mean, I know he was a flying winger for, you know, and we knew what he would do, but I think he's been he's been outstanding. And for me, he's been a surprise package. I didn't did not expect him to be as prolific, certainly a goal scorer. And and you're and you're right. 
the, the word stop Wes, you know, the words got round, stop Wes Burns, you stop Ipswich. I mean, wow, well, mm. that, that wasn't being said at the start of the season. No one, no one, no one really saw that. So it's a surprise. It's a surprise award for the surprise package. Wes Burns, another award. I like it. That's an entirely justifiable award, Mike, um, the, way you've, the way you've explained it. Hutchie, who are you giving surprise package to? No, I don't think that's bonkers, Mike. Um, no. I'll tell you oh. why. I'll tell you why I slept on, on Wes Burns at the start of the season. It's because, one, he was the first signing through the door. Hmm. And it all just got a bit silly and a bit exciting after that, didn't it? The, the, the winger yeah. from Fleetwood wasn't, wasn't quite the fun thing anymore. And, and if I'm honest, I was scarred from Welsh wingers by Gwion Edwards, who I was <laughs> not a fan of. Uh, I'll be honest, I wasn't a fan of Gwion at all. T- far too inconsistent. And um, I feared that the new number seven was going to be the same as the old number seven. So that I think that, that that's that's why I, he didn't factor into any of these at the start for me. But um, I've I've got the same written down as you, Mike. Um, Wes, Wes Burns as the as the surprise package of the year. Wesley James Burns, um, Roscoe. Surprise package for you, not Matt Penny. No, no, definitely not. Um, it's this is going to be a boring feature because I've got Wes Burns down as well because. Yeah, no one expected him to go and score 13 goals. Last season, he scored six goals for Fleetwood. Uh, one of them, of course, was on the final day against us in town's win against them at Portland Road on the final day. And yeah, I wasn't expecting him to do what he, he's done, really, because, yeah, as, as Hutchie said, my old boy, uh, Gordon Edwards, um, I thought, here we go, we're going to have another Welsh number seven coming in. Um, but no, he surprised us all. And, well, everyone loves him and, and his hair. So, um, yeah, surprise package. It's got to be Wes Burns. Absolutely, looking like Jesus on the on the wing there, playing very well. Um, can he walk on water? Who knows? No, he can't. Um, Stewie, what are you saying? Surprise package. I'm saying that Ross needs to stop having his boys because it's, <laughs> um, it's not working out too well. We had Gwian Edwards, then Macaulay Bond. It seems to be like that's a bit of a curse. So maybe you should stop anointing your boys. Um, I've tried to vary these up because let's be honest, we've had best signing, most valuable player and surprise package. Now, Wes Burns could be the answer to all three of those, but I've tried to mix it up a little bit. Um, so surprise package. Now, bear with me here. He's building it. I've gone with Macaulay Bond. Okay. Because I was on multiple fronts. He's He surprised me. He surprised me. I didn't know how, I didn't know his backstory about how much he loved the club and, being a boy so that surprised me number one how good he was in the early few months of the season surprised me and also conversely I was surprised by how much he dropped off in the second part of the season so it's been a season of surprises all round for Macaulay Bond um we've got some other awards coming up most improved biggest disappointment I couldn't put Macaulay Bond in biggest disappointment Spoiler no. alert! I couldn't bring myself to put him in there, so I'll give him surprise package as a well uh, uh, instead. Okay, bon. Okay, um, for my surprise package award, Aaron Dryden Memorial, I'm going for a uh, Mr. Caden Jackson, um, because at the start of the season we didn't even talk about him. No one was talking about Caden Jackson at the start of the season. On his way out the club, frigid, frozen wastelands of being on his way out the door, comes back gets a new lease of life, ends up being town's most informed striker. And now we're all saying it's inevitable he's going to get a new contract or will sign, hopefully, for another year or two at town. So for me, that's the very definition of a surprise package. Someone who you thought was totally out of the club uh, comes back and actually plays quite an important part and will play, if they can sign him, an important part going forward. So there we go. Um, 
Right then, friends, that is the end of looking back at our terrible predictions. And from here on in, it's just new awards that we haven't predicted. And the next one is the one that no one wants to win. It's biggest disappointment. Americans would call it flop, biggest flop. Um, And Hutchie, because you're my favourite, I'm going to start with you. Who is, I want to give it the the big build up. Who is Ipswich Town's biggest flop of the season? I've done what Stu couldn't bring himself to do. Oh no. I've, I've put Macaulay Bond in it. Not not because of the Macaulay Bond that was signed, but yeah. because of the Macaulay Bond that existed at the start of November. Um, my biggest disappointment of the season is just how how he tailed off. It was it 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 made me sad for him and and with him. Fair enough, Roscoe. Hutchie's dissing your boy. Who's your, who was your biggest disappointment slash flop? Now, I, I've now sort of. Done a different way around it. I don't know if it's actually is allowed. Really, it's not actually on a player. It's not on a okay. manager either. Okay, it's actually on the FA Cup games because right. that was the biggest disappointments of the season. Mm. Oldham at home, drawn against them, just about beating Oldham at Boundary Park, and Oldham have been relegated to the National League. Then going to play Barrow, nil nil. Paul Cook's final game as manager. That was dreadful. And then we all know what happened on ITV. That was that was just terrible. Mm. Uh, the lowest we could ever go. I didn't think we could go any lower. Um, so I don't know if this is allowed, but this is where I'm going with it because it was the biggest disappointment. The FA Cup, even, even the Patrick Jordan Trophy, we lost on penalties against Arsenal kids. You know, we thought, oh, here we go. We've got a chance to go to Wembley here. And, but, but no. Um, so the FA Cup and just cup. Newport County, we lost in the League Cup. <laughs> Newport Cup, second game in charge. So... Uh, in this season anyway. It's a great shout, Ross, because uh, as I keep saying, cups can really mm. change how people feel about a season. It Ipswich ultimately ended up in 11th this season, but it had some real fun in the cups or one mm. of the cups along the way. It gives you memories from, from that season. And I really think this they've got to address this cup situation because it, 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 it has added to this feeling of disappointment over several years now. Then it just can, can kind of temper the disappointment of the league if you've just had a big day out and a way day, a run. You know, I looked at the Papa John's Trophy final at Wembley and thought, I was looking in on that with, what was it, Sutton versus Rotherham, thinking how many fans would Ipswich have taken to Wembley had they got to the final? Sutton got to the final. Um so, yeah, the Cups as a whole is a, is a great shout for disappointment. I mean, if they'd have navigated those, Paul Cook might not have gone, you know. I still look back on that sort of, um, that little period of, of those Cup games and think um, maybe Cook could have clung on for a little bit longer if they'd have got through in one of those. So maybe this year it turns out it was a good thing. I don't know. But next year I hope there's going to be some Cup joy. You lot all laugh at me for how much I like the Papa John's <laughs> trophy. Honestly. <laughs> But that... you'll have a different attitude. You'll have a different attitude to it when it kicks off in August this year. I love it. It's great. They should. It should have been treated more seriously from the very start. Look at the amount of the amount of the the, the upper end League One teams that go to the final of that competition and are still in the promotion race at the end of it. Hmm. It's that's a, the thing. A, that's that's the thing. That's it's it's made mm. us Ipswich Town take us such little interest in the cups over this last decade. It's got us absolutely nowhere in the league. All this bull. Bullshit about we concentrate. Hey. On the, it's just absolute 
rollocks. We've been relegated. We're in league, finishing 11th in League One. We can't even win a Papa John's Cup. We can't get, can't beat Barrow. We can't beat Oldham. And for what God knows for what the reason is. And, and you're absolutely right. I mean, there's there's no excuse for it. Rotherham were there, still put you know, pushing ahead in the league. Yeah, it, they've got they've got to you have got to address it. It's got to come from the top as well, and not all this you know management speak. It's got to come from the top, Sam. We want cut runs. Put your strongest sides out and get some fans behind us. That's yeah, you, get your placard out. We want cut runs. When do we want it? This now. season. This season, ideally. <laughs> Trace, Tracy obviously can't hear you, Mike, because you'd have been in serious trouble there for swearing. Um, if Tracy did I swear? had heard that, you did. Yeah. Apologies, listeners. It's okay. Um, it's just not, it's very unlike you, at least when your wife's around. Um, on the cup thing, though, it, as much as it comes from selection and and wanting to, it, it's also ultimately comes down to the players, doesn't it? I mean, thinking back to the the miserable nil nil with Barrow, Cook went really strong in that side, as far as I remember. I remember writing something about how he should go strong because they just they just tonked someone, hadn't they? Game before, um, and it was looking like things were starting to turn. And he puts out the same team pretty much, and and they they lay an egg in miserable fashion. Uh, so ultimately, it has to be on the players as well to see value in in those games and 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 want to win them rather than see it's just something to get out of the way. So we'll see. Anyway, we digressed a little bit there. Stewie, biggest disappointment. That was an excellent shout, by the way, Ross. Well played. I have gone down the individual player route, and I had yeah. thought about a few options here. Joe Piggott sprung to mind, but I can't go with him because I felt a bit sorry for him because I just don't think he's ever got the run of games to prove. Yes, he's been a disappointment when he's been on the pitch, but he's only made back-to-back starts once, and that was right back in August. Scott Fraser, obviously big yeah. high hopes for him when he came in last summer. Sold in January. I can't go with him either because he was played out of position and I'm not sure if we ever got the chance to see the best of Scott Fraser. So ultimately, I've fallen on the name of Rakeem Harper, someone who came in for decent money last summer, who was the starting central midfielder and just faded and faded. He started the first six games of the the league games of of the season. Suddenly got repurposed as an impact attacking midfielder off the bench got a few chances in the cup later in the season, didn't take those on loan to crew has only been a t- part of a team that's, that's finished bottom of the league. So um, for the expectations around him to, to what's actually happened, he's my biggest disappointment. I'm afraid. I agree. I'm with you. I've got uh, Rakeem the dream here. Turned out to be a bit of a nightmare. I predicted him to be the, the MVP ended up being the LVP, didn't he? Least valuable player perhaps for Ipswich town. Um, and I still want him to do well. I still want him to do well. So, fingers crossed he comes back, gets coached up by McKenna and we see a different Rakeem the Dream next season. Mike, finishes off on, on biggest disappointment. Well, there's a couple, there's a couple of things right here. I've got one, I've, one I've got a game and one I've got a player. Carl Edwards as the player. I, it was, I was so excited to see him. At the, I saw him a couple of times at the start and he was just so... I mean, I know he's been... It, it, injuries have just... It's just been so disappointing not to be able to see him really develop because I think there's a real talent there. Um, and maybe will, maybe won't. But you know, it's it's. I think he's a great. He's, he's a lot of talent there. So that's been disappointing. He was so been. good, wasn't he, mm-hmm. in those first few games? I think he came on at, at Burton, and yeah. we were all going, "How on earth have they signed him in League <laughs> One?" He was just going past people for fun. He was electric, and yeah, I don't, I don't know where, where he just sort of slowly fade, faded away. Obviously, the seasons ended with an injury, but before that, he wasn't really that involved. Didn't seem to sort of find his place. So. That's a good shout. Well, that's right, because you're right, Steve. But we were saying 
God, it's he's on a three-year deal, isn't he? I think as well. And maybe we said, we've got this guy for three. What have we imagined? And just what's happened to him? Just I know he's injured now, but I mean, it just has mm. been. And also, my my, my biggest disappointment was, was quite early on in the season because I, I wondered if this might have changed a few things. Do you remember? I wasn't there, but the boys were there at Cheltenham when mm. Joe Piggott flicked on that goal kick or to McCauley Bond as he went through round the keeper and three inches from the goal missed. And that would have been 2-0 to Ipswich, I believe, at the time. And they probably would have gone on to win that game at Cheltenham and they ended up drawing it. And it was a piggott mccauley bond combination. Losing. We lost. We lost. Lost, game. sorry. Lost 2 Well, there you go. So, Katuna ends up losing 2-1. Two, two, yeah, exactly. So, that was a piggott mccauley bond combination at that time, which could have given a lot of... You know, a lot of you know, a lot of a lot of excitement to it all, um, a lot of confidence to both players. And McCauley Bond missed. I know he wanted to score other goals after that, so it wasn't it, he made up for it in more than what. But that was just. And also, every time I watch that back, I still think he's going to score. I still, <laughs> yeah. I still, I still don't know quite how he how that didn't go in at that moment. I think was it the was the Burton game before Cheltenham or after it was. Uh, I can't remember. It was before, but I think. Saturday, was before, then and Scott Fraser, who'd scored every penalty he'd ever taken yeah. for MK Dons virtually, um, didn't take a penalty. And I think that was the same scenario, wasn't it? Where Ipswich were 1-0 up and, and well on top at Burton, and that would have made it at that 2-0, and they went on to to lose that game. So those, those two games, back-to-back, though, you know, that Bond miss and that Fraser penalty, it definitely feels like that could have set the wheels in a different, well, set, yeah. set us down a different pathway. That's really you've given that award though, because it, it denied Piggott an assist, isn't it, Mike? That's, that's why you've. Well, I, I'm absolutely no doubt he'd have been. He'd have certainly started the next ten games with an yeah. assist like that. So, but he, he was probably dropped for the next one. I don't know. Yeah, you wanted the numbers, right? Then, friends, um, this is this is a nice one. This one, most improved player of the season. Um, a few contenders here. There's a name that we've not heard yet, which I wonder if we may hear now, because he certainly deserves to be up and around award winners. And I'm going to start with Stu, because like telepathically, we may be thinking the same thing. He's just giving me a nod. I don't see the Watson wink anymore. Maybe get the Watson nod now. Um, most improved player, Watto. Yeah, it's got to be. We've got to give JD. Janoy's got to get an award, hasn't he? He can't He can't come through this award season without one. Um, exactly. If, we, if you'd have said back last summer that Janoy Danassian would have been a strong front runner for player of the season, you'd have been laughed out of town, wouldn't you? Ultimately, it's only right that Wes Burns gets it, but Let's not underestimate the role that Janoy Danassian has had in in uh, in playing behind him, and and the strength of that right hand side has been the combination of the two. I know we've talked a lot about the left side being imbalanced, and they need to sort out a left wing back. I'm not sure that that they've got that sort. Of, don't underestimate the role of the partnership with the guy behind you as well. And um, I'm not sure even when Edmondson's been in the team and and has been good. Don't get me wrong, he's not a natural left sided centre half uh I would I would say in the same way that Janoy has so um Janoy Danassian has to be uh most improved for me there's some other contenders Luke Wolfenden Caden Jackson but um Janoy Danassian has to get an award today and, and uh, most improved is the one that, that I'm giving him before I ask um, the next king about this I must apologize um Benson has broken into the studio and is now currently laid next to me snoring so if you do hear those dulcet tones um that's that's what it is. I do apologise if that affects your your listening pleasure, but but we'll move on. Hutchie, most improved. I've got Sam Morsey. Hmm, good shout on the on this list for for in season improvement. Um, he was given 
for any player, far too much hype by by his manager, by Paul Cook, who who I think it was in reference to the the Bolton game. Mm-hmm. I think sort of mm-hmm. spoke about yeah, you you won't get anything like this. You'll get ten times better when Sam Morsey's in the team, and that is far too much to be putting on one individual player when you've signed so many players who have played at a higher level already. Um, in the summer, I think that was unhelpful from from Cook there, but. I also I was also expecting more from Morsi in the first few months, and it, and it, I, I think it as Stu said earlier when he was discussing him as the as in the best signing um, at category um, for all of those reasons. Um, he took some time to to get into things, but as the season as, as things went on, and as he was given more of a role by McKenna in sort of the attacking game. Um, he was exceptional, and I think he's the best midfielder in in the division. Um, but it it took him some time to show it, so probably won't want the most improved player award from me. But he's uh he's getting it anyway. It's an excellent shout, Roscoe, most improved. Um, again, I've gone down a different route because it just said most improved on the list, so I just decided to move. And I also thought I was going to be probably last person to get asked for this question, so I thought Andy Stewart. Mike would have covered all the players already. My most improved thing is Portman Road and the feel-good factor. Like it. Um, because Portman Road, as we're all aware, it looks nice now. The pitches, very simple thing to do. Just stadium looks cleaner. And then just the feel-good factor. I think town fans just love being a town fan again, really. Um, because, you know, even though on the pitch has not been great, but off the pitch... You know, the community stuff, you know, the club have been winning awards because of all their hard work and stuff. So um, I've gone a different route, but I thought most improved is just the good feel, you know, feel good factor and just the Portman Road as a whole, as a stadium again. I like it, Rossi. You're the uh, you're the MVP of this show so far. It must be the morphine you're on for your teeth. You, you're yeah. thinking very, very abstract. Uh, Mickey, someone we're used to thinking in abstract ways. How about you, most improved? Yeah, it's kind of, yeah, it's kind of, well, it's kind of thing. I, I, I'm very, very, been very impressed with Luke Walford this season. Um, I think, um, you know, bear in mind, he, he, you know, he had a bit of a kick in the teeth half, you know, after a few games, and he was out. He'd come back in. I think McKenna's been good for him. I think he's a, a massively composed and controlled. A little, a little Alan Hansen's little style. I mean, you probably don't remember Alan Hansen playing football somewhere. I'm sure Hutchie actually remembers him. I definitely but, remember Alan Hansen. Yeah, yeah. A, little, little, a little bit of Alan Hansen in him, a little bit of control on the ball and likes to dribble out in the pitch, on, or dribble out for defence, etc. I've been really impressed with Wolfton because as a young player, again, you know, he's ups and downs this season. Mentally, he couldn't really have got to him, but he hasn't let it get to him. Um, so, yes, he's improved... Everything's improved about him. Um, it's interesting to Nassian, actually, because obviously he's improved. I, I would just like to go down the Joe... I don't know if Joe Piggott in here a second about this. No. Um, see, well, I'm just saying, Donassian, has he improved? I think donassian has been a brilliant player for four years at this club. I just don't yeah. think he's a chance. Yeah. And I'd, every time I'd, I've seen... I think, bri- I think brilliant's overplaying it, but I know, yeah. I know what you're saying. He's been a solid, consistent every player. Time, um, every time Danassian has played as a st- standing right back, I've always thought he's a good player. He seems a decent player. Now he's got 20 games on the trot. And where oh. he's improved is his attacking part of the game. We always knew that he was a good one-on-one defender. When he arrived at Ipswich, everyone sort of said, you won't see a winger get past him one-on-one. He's he's, he's brilliant and, and, he, and, and he's been solid. But what he's added is that marauding attacking side of his game I'm not sure we could see him being that sort of flying right-sided sort of centre-half that was bombing on and and so that's where the improvement has come for him Um, 
and I just felt like he needed an award because um, he's been so good, and he can't, he can't, he can't dethrone Wes Burns on some of them. And he's the sort of guy, you know, that I don't think awards bother him that much. I think he's mm. he's quite a low key, low maintenance character, but he he deserves one. But I'd I'd agree with you on Luke Wolfenden. I think he's actually come. I know we know that Luke Wolfenden's a good player. We've seen enough of him mm. to know he's a really good player. But I do think his his game has improved under McKenna. Yeah. I think he's added some physicality to his game. For someone I remember interviewing him a year or so ago when he came back from Swindon and was sort of like, oh, I don't when I talk about sort of improving the physicality side of the game, he's like, Well, it's just not me. I'm laid back. Other centre halves can go and get their noses bloodied. I don't see the point in going ahead in the back of players and stuff. But yeah. he's improved that side of it now. It's not just the cool, calm. Luke Wolfenden on the ball, ice in the veins. He's he's doing the sort of the, the nitty gritty stuff of League One defending as well. So I, I think he's really improved, definitely. Superb. I'm going JD. I, I agree with you. Um, he has to win some sort of award to complete the donations trademark Andy Warren. He has to win an award. The culmination of this this comeback that he's had. Um, but I'm going to say honourable mention Cameron Burgess. Um, he was. He was dead to me after that Barrow away game. Um, I thought he was he was truly awful that day, getting ripped a new one by League Two strikers, struggling League Two strikers. I thought, nah, not for me. Uh, obviously, then went to the the sidelines. We didn't see him for a while. I was genuinely worried when Emerson went out. I thought Burgess is a liability. Um, people know how to play him now, how to turn him. Um, but he's been he's been good, hasn't he, since he's come back? Um, that can't have been an easy thing for him to do. Step in for someone who played so well, given one of his most recent performances was that horror show. Um, at Barrow, but I'm going to give him an honourable mention here in most improved because he's he's definitely um, solidified his place. Certainly, is a very capable backup in this side. Right then, boys. Next, it's a collection of bests now to finish these awards before our own bespoke awards. Best goal to start off with, uh, and I'm going to start this one because I know there is clearly a front runner in this category, and we all know which one it is. But I'm going to go somewhere different. I'm going to say Macaulay Bon against MK Dons purely for the aesthetics of it. You watch the angle that Town put out. Kane Vincent Young's diagonal crossfield pass. McCauley picks it out of the air, takes him slightly away from goal, but it's the perfect setup for what is the peach of a left-hand hammer of a strike into the goal. It was absolutely beautiful. I could watch that goal all day long, boys. It's one of the prettiest goals I've seen for a long time for those very reasons. And for me, that's what I like. I'm shallow. I like aesthetics, things that look good. And for me, that's what I like. So Macaulay Bond wins it for me. Um, I'm hoping you're all not going to say the goal that is obvious, but we will see. I'm I think there's a genuine argument, Mark, that that yep. Macaulay Bond goal is better than the Selena one. I know that's yeah. got all of the, you know, that that was the one that went viral and everyone talked mm. about, and that was up for the EFL goal of the season. And don't get me wrong, it's an unbelievable goal, as much for the piece of control it is for the chip. But that Bond one you mentioned, the, the Kane Vincent Young raking pass oh. that is inch perfect. Bon has a, his first touch that he takes it on the run over the shoulder is is equally glorious. And as you say, an absolute hammer into the top corner from outside the box, inside the near post. That's um with his weak uh, foot. Yeah, I, I think Hutchie's talked before about recency bias. I think that Selena one maybe gets more talk because it's you know because that Bon one now is a lifetime ago and it came in the cookie or it doesn't. It's not spoken about as much, but that that's that's got to be right up there. That's there's a genuine claim that that is better than than Selena's goal. Well, I'm saying it is. So there you go. What are you saying, Stu, for goal of the season? Uh, 
Again, because I thought I didn't know when I would come in on this one because I knew we'd talk about Selena and I knew yep. someone would talk about that bomb one. So I'm going to throw another one into the mix. The third goal in the 4-0 route of Gillingham in the early days of Kieran McKenna, because that to me said, wow, we've got a proper football coach mm. here who's going to teach this team to play football. I watched it back this morning. Uh Virtually the entire team touched the ball. It went from the from the right back position up to the, up to midfield, across to the left, back to the right. Aluko's pass in the build up was a was an absolute peach. Matt Penny on the overlap sweeps it in, and Macaulay Bonds left with a with a simple finish. But um, my word, that that was some team goal. Nice, like it, Mike. Best goal. Best goal. Well, I mean, I, I mean, I haven't seen all the goals this season, um, but I mean, I, I always remember well, I was at the town game when Selena got that chip, and I just, I always think your reaction to a goal says a lot about how you feel about a goal. And there was just one of absolute, my God, what have I just witnessed? Type thing. Um, yeah, I was there for the bomb one as well. And he thumped it. That was a that, that was just your right, Stu. I always think you just just think of your reaction when you saw that goal, when you saw that happen, that's how I always judge things. And I remember Selena, the touch and their chip and just watching the ball glide over the key. And you know, he'd done that. He wasn't, it wasn't a fluke. It wasn't, you know, um, Bonds was a lot more power and fantastic and great. I just remember thinking, my God, what have I just seen when Selena chipped it? And so that's, that's, that's for me all day long. Okay. Uh, Hutchie, famously unflappable. I believe I'm right in saying, as I count this from, from the story, you were moved to comment outrageous when Selena did that. So is that your goal of the season? Yeah, I've got that 1A and I've got Bonds 1B. <clears throat> I would say that Selena's is probably more awards ready. You have to do certain mm. things to win an award. You have to fill in the form correctly. You have to tick, <laughs> you have to you have to tickle the judges in the right in the right way and 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 do things that aren't necessarily the best just to appeal to the at the award mm. judges. And I think Selena's Selena's is unique enough to do that. Um and that's why that's why it gets it over bonds, which is a maybe a bit more pure, uh, but not but not maybe showy enough. Mm. It was indeed pure. So two votes for Selena, one for Bond, one for the Gillingham team goal. Roscoe, what are you saying? Um, I wasn't there for the Selena goal, so I can't really say I was there moment. Um, because I was very ill that day. Um, I watched it on iFollow. <laughs> doesn't really count you know it happened I went yeah that was, that was right and then watched it of course different angle thought oh dear me that's good um I'm doing a Macaulay Bonner goal as well but it's a different goal and it's his goal against Morecambe on the opening day last minute equaliser and as Mike said just the emotion of it all you know mm. him playing for his boyhood club scoring in front of the North Stand a late equaliser the celebrations were fantastic. I was right in front of those celebrations and I just I just loved that moment and it was a late equaliser. Also, we're thinking we're now drawing against Morecambe. They've just been promoted and we're we're drawing 2-2. Um, and yeah, the rest is history, as you know. But um, what a moment for him as a, a boyhood fan of the club. And also, if you watch the video, good old Bono from the fan social, you'll see yeah. him celebrating and actually falling over the hoardings. Um, so that's a nice little moment there. But and it's a good finish as well. I watched it this morning again, and um, it's a good, calm finish. And um, he went and celebrated, and he kissed the badge. Yeah. Um, and it was, yeah, a great little moment that was. Those halcyon sunlit days of the early earliest part of the season when, when Bomb was absolutely on fire. What a story that was. There's one right more then. goal I just want to quickly give yeah. a mention to. El Mazzuni's goal against uh, the winner in the replay against Oldham. I know it was a, 
ultimately it didn't really mean anything in the narrative of the season, but that that deserves a little nod because that was a that was a fine strike from outside Agreed. the box. The FA I... Cup replay with Oldham has been mentioned a lot more on this podcast <laughs> than I was expecting. I also want to shout out Tyreek Backinson from the weekend because that was a spicy meatball. Um, got me excited. Punched you right in the arm, Stewie, and I do apologise. That was a, a hell of a goal from an unexpected source. So just want to mention that. Right then, next award, next best award is best game. I'm going to recuse myself from this conversation because obviously I haven't seen all the games. So for me to pick a best game would be churlish. Um, some would say I am churlish and somewhat foolish, but I'm not in this occasion. So the boys that were at pretty much every game, I think we have to give priority to. And I'm going to start with Roscoe. Best game? Um, once again, I thought I was going to be asked last, so I sort of went a bit <laughs> different. Of course, Doncaster is the obvious one. Six goals. Lee Evans scored a hat-trick. Knee slide right in front of me. That was pretty pretty nice. Um, and now the two games I've got, I've highlighted, is actually defeats. But um, it's just a weekend as a whole. So Sunderland away. Um, once again, we probably came out of that game thing and how we lost that. Um, also, the weekend was just nice. As you know, went went out in Newcastle, bumped into George Emerson's parents. They're a nice, nice couple. Uh, but then we got very ill, so that was sort of minus part of that that weekend. But it was a nice weekend. <laughs> you know, John Watson was back in his homeland, Big um, showing us the sights. Um, and then also Plymouth away. Once again, don't know how we lost that. Um, we saw Hayden Colson play right wing back or whatever position he played. Um, but also just the weekend as a whole. It was a double header for the women's team. So, and as a result, the, the hotel we were staying at on the Friday night was the same hotel I was staying at on the Saturday night with the women's team as well. So it was sort of like, oh, happy days, same hotel. Um, and it was a great weekend as a whole. You know, the Paul Mariner tributes as well at Home Park, a full house. Um, and we we also scored from a corner, was it? George Emerson scored from a corner. Was that a corner? Was that a set piece? Second second phase. From, yeah. a, from a set piece, you take Somewhat. that. Take that. Um, so, yeah, a little bit different. But, um, yeah, just a way – there's been a few way trips I've enjoyed this year, just for the whole, you know, thing of it. And, it, and my award later, our, my handpick award, is sort of using that sort of thing. But we'll get back to later. But, yeah, those games. But obvious one is Doncaster because goals, goals, goals. Okay. I like the way you're approaching this, Rossi. Impressive. Um, Hutchie, you were with your partner in crime at most of the games, pretty much all of them. What was your best, your favourite, I suppose? Best and favourite is different, isn't it? Best game. You don't need to be impressed with stuff on the pitch, do you, Ross, to enjoy <laughs> to enjoy the game? Um, <laughs> mine is mine is Portsmouth, the 4-0 win at Portsmouth, because I really enjoy going to watch games at Fratton Park. I really like um, the atmosphere there, especially for evening games. And Ipswich silenced them. They've been... It, like Portsmouth crowds have got on top. Of, I remember the, the first League One season where where Portsmouth won one nil, and the Ipswich the, the fans were right right on top of Ipswich in that in that game. Um, but Ipswich completely silenced a, a vocal support, and even ended up um, clapping Connor Chaplin off after he'd scored against their own team. So um, a, a full flex of Paul Cook's team's muscles that night to to beat um, to beat uh, one of the bigger League One clubs. Yeah, that was a good one. Um, I am muting myself. Benson is, is completely ramped up the snoring now. Sounds like a small earthquake. Uh, I can hear it. I, can yes, hear I, I do apologise. I'll, I'll now continue to mute myself and inevitably will forget to unmute myself. So apologies in advance. Stewie, what was your best game of the season? Yeah, I guess there's a bit of a difference between sort of favourite game and best performance. Um, I probably, if you were, if we were going back to the best goal one, my vote 
officially would go to Selena, by the way, but I was just throwing in a, a different option. And, and I'll do the same. I think my official vote would probably go to Portsmouth just because of the feeling that night, um, you know, under the lights at Fratton Park, everything that went with it. But I'll give you some alternatives. I'm obviously wicking away for one was a, was a, a very similar experience i've mentioned the 4-0 win at gillingham under mckenna that felt like you know a here we here we go moment um best performance if i'm going to go on that i'd say the plymouth home game recently when they won 1-0 and i'd given up on the playoffs by that point they were they were gone i thought there was too many damaging draws they'd had too much but the nature of that win against the plymouth side who'd been really informed that was 1-0 could and should have been a lot more that day um I think that was probably the best best performance if we're if we're gonna if we're gonna take that as the metric. Like it, uh, and Mickey, you obviously haven't been to every game. You've been to quite a few games. Have you got any to throw into the mix here? Well, it's funny you should say that because there was young Watto going away there chatting about games and stuff. And just at the end, he just mentioned the one game I haven't obviously seen all of them. The one game that I thoroughly enjoyed for not just the performance but the whole day because it was Paul Mariner Day, of course, at Portman yeah. that day, and that was my football club looking standing for everything that it's about um we had some of the old players chatting away doing interviews um on the big screen i think alan brazil was there um uh who else there was there was uh, johnny walk uh and so there was there was a lot of those uh, i think russell osman or terry butcher coming anyway, they, but they were there that which you know doing a q a you had the fan it was a glorious day if i remember lovely sunny day the fan zone was absolutely looking a picture um and the game, it's, I mean, the whole day, you just, and, and I think, I, I think I remember saying England, Switzerland was being shown later on, I think, in the fan zone. If you stayed there the whole day, you had one hell of a day. Um, I haven't seen enough games to say if that was the best town performance. I'll take Stu's word on that because he's, he's seen them all, or practically all of them. So it was certainly a very, very good performance mm. against, as Stu said, a team who came, I think, like six wins on the trot or something, and Ipswich could have won three or four nil. So the performance was great, but it was Ipswich Town Football Club really looking like, the club we know we are and um that was a great day you're a good luck chime aren't, aren't you mark you've talked to uh, mike you've been yes. to uh of the games that you've been to this season you've you've managed to see the two best two goal. of the goal of the season yeah. contenders arguably the best performance kira mckenna by the way thinks that the wigan game recently which was really entertaining the two two i think he said in a recent um uh interview that he thought that that was arguably their best performance um since he's come in so um, that that was a that was a good a good day in terms of four goals and a good performance and everything, wasn't it? But Plymouth's where my vote goes, as, as Mike says, it's everything around it as much as the performance yeah. as well. It felt like a a full package that day. The boys know when the big pork is in the house. Coach of the year, two thousand eight. They say, boys, we can't we can't lay a bad one today. This has got to be a, a tremendous performance, and we need some goals in there as well. So there you go. The Mike Bacon effect, just like the effect he has on this podcast. Final official award, boys, best moment of the season Hutchie I'm going to come to you first you've seen a lot of moments which of all of them was the best um there's one that I wish I could say but it's one of the few mm. games that I missed this season so I, I won't I'm sure somebody will say it along the line um but my favorite moment of the season was seeing James Norwood score on his comeback uh performance off the bench at Wigan in that lovely black kit and then come running over to highlight his name pretty clearly in the direction of the director's box. Um, after his his exile had come come to an end, he came back and, and scored in, and, and did, again, like his goal on the final day, something that you 
only he could really could really do. So, Ross, what are you what are you doing? <laughs> Just, um, yeah. So James 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 Norwood moment moment of the season for me. Okay. Um, I'm gonna go with Mike because you were definitely there for the moment that may stand out the most. It's now emblazoned on one of the uh, the walls at Portman Road. What are you gonna say for best moment? You there um, for that one as well? What one? What went on. with with Bond tripling around the keeper? Yeah, I was there for that one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've, yeah, I've, yeah, I was. But that's not my that's not my big moment. My big, oh, okay. my, big, my big moment of the season. Actually, I didn't actually see this happen, but I saw the pictures afterwards. And this was Selena again getting a late winner, and I believe it was against Fleetwood. And it was when Brett Johnson came over, and that was his. So he was there, the first American guy to be over there, and and there was this wonderful picture of him. Obviously, arms aloft, the joy on his face. One of our owners, actually, for the first time in 10 years, we've got an owner who looks like he's interested and really up for it. And this took me back to the David Sheepshanks days. That was what sheep used to do. Sheep used to be there, arms aloft, punching the air. And there was Brett Johnson just turning up. Selena gets a last-minute winner. I mean, I don't remember. It was was against Fleetwood. I think 1-2-1, the game wasn't great. But that, for me, was just like... We've really got people here at the club. They really feel it. I mean, it's his first game, you know, and and the passion he was showing, so so unlike what we've had for far too long. So that's part of what the season's been all about, really, for the for all the for the fans and stuff. And seeing Brett Johnson's elation on his face, um, the great guy. Obviously, we didn't see him because he was in front of us, but the pictures we saw of it, ah, fantastic. That's a great moment. When I saw the pictures, but there's a good moment anyway. And um, yeah, great great moment that for me. That's a great shout, Mike. I like it. Um, I'm not sure we ever saw Marcus Evans pictured celebrating a goal, do we, boys? Um, we very rarely saw him pictured. I certainly can't remember seeing him celebrating a goal. But anyway, that was a, a nice moment for the reasons stated. I'm going to say the obvious one, which is Macaulay Bond. Um, extraordinary to see something like that. You see it maybe every 20 years in football, a goal like that. Um, and to see it in, in the way it happened, who it was, and what it meant in terms of rescuing a point was brilliant. I still don't know what the Sheffield Wednesday defender was doing, who watched as Macaulay Vaughan stood behind <laughs> the keeper, saw exactly, surely saw what was going to happen, but didn't say anything, as far as I can tell, to the keeper. Poor old um, Peacock Farrell, wasn't it? Um, Stewie, best moment? That's where my official vote goes to. It's yeah. now immortalised. I don't think uh, on that sort of a big picture mm. behind the uh, South Stand. No. 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 Stand, <laughs> How do you not? You no, I don't, I'm not I'm, I'm, I can't because I. I'm going to make you a little diagram of this. Get a diagram. You, you not knowing the stands is an absolute joke. It's, a, it's eleven seasons, Stewie. Eleven <laughs> seasons you've been covering it yourself. <laughs> I get myself in a bit of a muddle as to which direction I'm looking at the pitch from. Um, that's where my official vote goes to. The, the thing I like about that moment the most is that Macaulay, the, the, the crowd are completely implicit mm, yeah. in him. <laughs> Him shushing them. I meant the, but I meant where the picture is. By the way, I knew what, what end the goal came at. I meant where yeah, the, that is also that. The, it's the okay, same end. Still at that end. Okay. <laughs> Thanks. We'll move on from this. Yeah. On, some some other shouts for best moment. Mike's mentioned the Brett Johnson moment on a similar tip. Mark Ashton going mental at Lincoln oh, from yeah. relief. I've never. Uh, you talk about owners showing passion. The CEO coming out and. Uh, giving it beans and, and high-fiving everyone in, in the front row after they'd finally got that elusive first win. That was that was quite the moment, wasn't it? Um, Andy's mentioned Portsmouth and the reception that Chaplin got. I thought that was a really special moment. Um, but also at Wickham, if you remember when Macaulay Bon 
at peak sort of Bond mania, got subbed and then was sort of posing for selfies behind the goal as he, as he left the pitch as well. That was a really nice moment as well. Rossi finishes off with best moment. Are you going to take another abstract approach? No, no, I'm not, I'm not that that deep in thought now. I think uh, we've covered all bases. Everything's been pretty much mentioned. Um, yeah, Mike's really stolen mine um, because it is a great moment. It was Selena's late winner against Fleetwood because, yeah, good old BJ was in the house and um, he celebrated like he would. Um, and just also just meeting Brett Johnson as well. Like, you know, me and Andy went down to Porton Road and I took some pictures of Brett, you know, holding a scarf and just having that little moment, just chatting to him and talking about different things. And yeah, we, you know, you just don't, you know, Stu had a few interviews with Marcus Evans a few times, but like to actually just have a little chinwag with Brett Johnson before he did the interviews with the guys. It was just a nice little moment. But um, yeah, who doesn't love a late winner? And of course, at Portman Road as well, um, right next North Stand, Stu. It was at North Stand as well. Um, and the man to do it, Selena. Um, also, just his goal against Oxford as well, despite what happens at the end of that game. Um, that was an amazing scene. Like people have been telling me that is probably the best limbs in the away end because it was just unbelievable and Selena was the greatest showman weren't he coming over unbelievable scenes Wes Burns wearing the hat doing the rock star um, pose as well uh, one of my favourite pictures of the season but um, but just those sort of moments and just also to end it off Macaulay Bond mania because that was amazing times weren't it when he was scoring the goals and he was the main man doing what any other town fan would love to do is play on that Portman Road pitch and score goals in the blue so uh so, yeah, those are my best moments. I like it. On that Macaulay Bond moment, of course, could also be what the biggest disappointment of the season for us personally, after the shadowy EFL figures forced us to remove Ross's video from behind the goal, which had, I think, two million plus views two at millions. the time. Um, not not good at all. Um, right then, friends, here end Friends is barking apologies. Here endeth the KOA official awards. Now I want to invite you all to hand out your own bespoke awards. A maximum of three, I've said. Um, who would like to go first with your personal awards for the season? I'm going to, I think Hutchie's champing at the bit, not chomping, champing at the bit. Very much champing. That's the correct term, friends. When a horse is champing at the bridle at the bit, not chomping, incorrect, very poor grammar. Um, Hutchie, on you go. That gets very widely used, that incorrect. Chomping, winds me Um, up. I've only got one extra one to hand out. And my award, my award is called, the one that got away award. Um, And there were a few contenders, um, Sonny Bradley being one, because I think had they had a defensive rock in place on opening day, they would have really benefited. Um, And then Matt Crooks is another. Um, He's done very well this year by all accounts for Middlesbrough um, and would have, I think the kind of the number 10 roulette, that that was happening might not have might not have happened if he'd been around. I think there'd have been a, a bigger goal, goal scoring threat. But my winner for this, because we'll never know what would have happened if things had worked out differently here, is is Liam Richardson, who obviously yeah. now has his hands on the League One trophy. Um ultimately was offered that job at Wigan full time. Um had he not been offered that job at Wigan full time, I feel sure that he would have ended up here with with Paul Cook as his assistant. Now I don't know whether how much of a of an impact not having Richardson by Cook's side had, because I think you'd need to be around them a lot to truly know that. But 
for the fact that we will never know what might have happened had the League One winning manager of this season ended up as Paul Cook's assistant here. Uh, he he would win my my one that got away award because who knows things could be very very different right now in in so many ways. But um, Liam Richardson's probably happy that he got away. <laughs> so great great shout, Hutchie. I like that. Um, so that's officially that's the only one you're giving out. Yep, that's that's the only extra one I I, I wanted to add. Fair enough. Roscoe, I'm going to come to you next. What's bespoke award? Where are we going? Uh, I've, I've got one, but I may have two, but I'll let the other boys sort of take the thunder as well later on. Um, <laughs> best. Thanks, Ross. <laughs> yeah, cheers, mate. <laughs> it's fine. It's fine. Um, just, just in case I, I say something they're going to say. I, I doubt it. I'm sure they've got better awards than me. Um, best accommodation. Um, oh, no. God. <laughs> I was going to say that. Oh, you idiot. Sorry. Oh, wow. Sorry. <laughs> Sorry. Um, as you know, we've um, we've travelled a country up and down, going into hotels and all that sort of stuff. There's been a few nice ones, some, you know, standard ones, you know. Um, but the one that really stands out is John Watson's house. Nice. John Watson, part of the Kings of Anglia fan social, he let me and Liam stay at his house and kicked his twins out of their bedroom so we can stay in their beds. Um, we had a nice little breakfast in the morning, good old Deb, John's uh, wife. Um, and funny enough, this was for the Accurton Stanley away. So we went to John at Doncaster. So that's not even the whole way. But it was just a nice little, you know, we, we travelled down on a Friday, had a few little... Bev's um in his in his in his living room, chilled, chatted all things, you know. Um and then yeah, woke up, went to Accrington, saw us lose, um, then had a pizza and then came back. So um best accommodation's got to be John Watson. Um but also a shout out to Plymouth's hotel as well, which Andy found because I stayed in there for two nights, which was just brilliant. Just it worked brilliantly. Jury's um, in yeah. Plymouth. Yeah. <laughs> Congratulations. Does John yeah. does John do Airbnb? Well, <laughs> You may have to look into it because, uh, yeah, it's, he's a good host. Five, good. five star reviews. That's the commitment we need from a friend of the show. We want you yeah. to displace your own children to uh, to offer accommodation <laughs> to to Rossi. Did you say you got one more, Rossi? Uh, I'll come back. Will you indeed? Okay, um, Watto, what have you got? I wish I'd got. Ross has now made me think. I wish I'd gone down the more the best service station, best press box <laughs> food, um, but I. I need I need more time to think about that one. I've gone for something a bit more traditional. I've gone for let's think about the biggest injury blow of the season. I've got a few contenders for you, and I'll I'll let you pick the winner from the the following nominees. We've got George Edmondson busted his ankle against Lincoln, missed the, the rest of the season. Ipswich had kept ten clean sheets in fifteen up to that point. They only kept three clean sheets in their final nine. Caden Jackson. Big comeback, played against played against MK Dons, where Ipswich Town drew 0-0, but was really effective with his pace. Went to score three goals in his next four. Obviously, uh, he pulls up with a hamstring injury. That was him done for the season. And, and Ipswich is, didn't quite have the same sort of goal threat after, after he went out. And then one of my winners would come from the following two. We've got Hayden Colson. What could have been the man that was going to provide that marauding left-sided attack there was more talk about him being that sort of attacking threat from the left than there was Wes Burns in the early stages of the season someone who came dropped down from Middlesbrough there was talk about Newcastle looking at him for 10 million quid at, at one stage a former England youth international we got six starts out of him 
um, one of which came, as Ross said earlier, on the right wing at Plymouth. Um, injuries ended that one. Who knows what would have been if, if he'd have stayed fit and been that left-sided balance for Ipswich. And the last one is Lee Evans, who actually only started six games under Kieran McKenna in the end. Ipswich won five of those games that he started. Um, hasn't played a great deal in 2022 because of injuries. And I, I think that they've missed him. I know he didn't win everybody over massively in the first half of the season, but I think his his physicality more than anything. I think he can he can win headers. He can he he adds a bit of height and uh and obviously his range of passing is great as well. So um they they're the four contenders for you: Edmondson, Jackson, Coulson, and Evans. I'll I'll let you pick a winner for biggest injury blow. That's not how it works, mate. It's your award. Uh, my award goes to Hayden Colson. <laughs> there we go. So Hayden Colson, what's that? The biggest injury blow? Yeah. Biggest injury blow award. Fair enough. Um, right then. I want to finish with Mike because I feel like Mike's going to have some crackers. So Roscoe, what's your second award? I'll do mine and then we'll finish with Mickey Bacon. Okay. Sounds good. Um, I'm saying the it's, it's, it's not really an award. It's just something for... The listeners and the away fans, really, because the away fans have been incredible this year. You know, 7,000 at Milton Keynes, all the, you know, we have a decent amount of fans at Plymouth as well. And just all the away fans doing the Tuesday nights and also our listeners and people who are part of the fan social because they they travel the country as well. And they do all the podcasts for us, which we appreciate and all their contributions. Um, and also a shout out to the women's supporters as well. Some of them go to the men's game. They go to men's away and home, and they also do the women's home and away as well. So big props to them for just going across the country, supporting both teams. So um, just my award to, to them guys because they're, they are, they're mad as well because they're doing all what they do, but they also, yeah, appreciate their support as always. Like it. Playing to the crowd there, Rossi. An award for the fans. The populist award. Um, well, I've got three. I'm going to rumble through them. Two of them are linked. Um, the first one is um, Ipswich Town Brick Shithouse of the Season Award. That's going to Sam Morsey. Sam Morsey's a man I want next to me in a pub if it kicks off. Uh, and I also get the feeling um, that he's going to be targeted by the uh, the kind of the toughest player on each side they come up against. And Morsey, my friends, is going to come out on top every single time. He was having a bit of a go with Chucks and Ike uh, at the weekend. And, and, and Ike is huge, but Morsey was not backing down. Clearly, um, I have to make reference when we talk about Sam Morsey to the Donald Trump Award for the one most deserving of a ban from Twitter. That's Andy Holt after the ridiculous moaning about the uh, Morsey shoving a player in the face. Could have killed him, whatever. Whatever the claim was, I lost I lost track. It made me very, very angry. Uh, made me go on a rant, uh, which you may have listened to. Um, so please, let's, uh, let's get Holt off Twitter. And just finally, just again, I'm all about aesthetics, boys, as you know. A man vain enough to, to invest the cost of a fiat into his own front teeth likes aesthetics, likes things looking good. And for me, the best knee slide of the season award goes to Lee Evans because that, my friends, was an absolute thing of beauty. It had everything you need, execution, duration and finish. It was perfect. One of the best knee slides I've ever seen in the history of football. And I'm, I'm pleased to say we saw it at Portman Road. So those are my three. Mike Bacon, the world's greatest natural raconteur. I'm giving you the big build up. You have an abstract way of thinking. You're very clearly one that stands out from the masses. I'm hoping you're going to send us into the summer here with some cracking Mike Bacon Bespoke Awards. 
I don't have any um, extra uh, awards. <laughs> I've, um, I've got a couple of awards, actually, Heath. You're absolutely spot on. I do have. I have a – my first award is a, a, the, the If Only – in brackets, goal of the season award, which is a rather extraordinary one, um, which I'm going to give to Luke Wolferden. This goal that he didn't score, ah. that he could have scored, the if only, as he dribbled, I believe it was at Rotherham, what is it, Rotherham, yeah. where he picked the ball up inside his own box and decided to dribble halfway up the field, a little exchange with Sam Moores as he went over the halfway line into the Rotherham box, where I believe he then squared it. If, if of course, it's the if only award, if by some magic, uh, amazing moment. He just thumped it in the top corner. He'd have dribbled from one half of his, one side, of one part of his pitch to the other. That'd have been the goal of the season. We wouldn't have been talking about Selena's goal. Macaulay Bond's Thunderbolt, no one would have remembered it. This would have been highlighted everywhere as the goal of the season, but it was an if-only award. My final award, we finish on a little bit of a negative with me, I'm afraid. It's called oh. the Pointless Award. The Pointless <laughs> Award. The award for the most pointless thing Ipswich Town ever do, which I'm having to hand to Sam Morsey because he's the captain, so he's got to take responsibility for this, is the huddle. The pre-match <laughs> huddle, which over 10, 15 years now of Ipswich Town huddling their way before every match has led to nothing but 11th place in League One. I'm sorry, if you don't know what you're doing before you go out there, you do not need a huddle. You Let's stop the huddle. It's the most pointless thing we ever do. Let's see if it's, let's just try it. Let's try it for six games at the start of next season. Try jumping it up front for six games. I don't care what you do. <laughs> try anything. But let's stop the huddle. We don't need to tell each other what we've got to do. Win the first tackle. Don't forget, win your battle. Get your first, win the second ball. Yeah, we know all that. You should have talked about that 10 minutes ago. Now, that's my final award, the pointless one, which is the huddle, which I hope it finally Ipswich Town put to bed next season. I like it. A fitting end to what was an underwhelming season for Ipswich Town, the Pointless Huddle Award from Mike Bacon. Gents, we've just hit 90 minutes, a full football game of a podcast. I did say it was bumper, so I'm hoping you're still listening. I just want to ask you all, I'm going to go around the room, virtual room, for your final thoughts on this season. Clearly, there's lots of extra content we're going to be doing over the summer, looking forward to um, who Town need, who they might sign, how it all's going to go. Lots more to come. But as we reflect on this season, Andy Warren, in years to come, it's been a, a season that's, kind of split really divergent because off the pitch it's been ridiculously exciting and on the pitch although there have been clearly high points and and tremendous performances overall it's been very very disappointing so how will you reflect on this this Ipswich Town season? Hopefully it will be remembered as the the season that Kieran McKenna took charge that's that I think that's kind of the best thing that this season's got going for it if I'm honest If if it's not remembered as the the year that McKenna kind of took over, it will be remembered for the year that that Paul Cook blew it up and then um, and and then left left the building himself. But um, hopefully, hopefully, we just look back on it on being the first the first five months of of Kieran McKenna, um, bigger and better things. Hopefully, okay. I'm going to finish. Just a heads up, Stu. I'm going to finish with you because you're the voice if you like, the conscience of the ADT. You've written a comment about the season, so I want to finish with your final words on this. Rossi, how will you remember this season? Failure. Disappointment. Um, no. That, no that's that's, that's uh, fair enough. Got to be honest. Yeah, I mean... Yeah. In a way, yeah, because we finished 11th in League One. I think in the lowest position since 1953 for town. So, mm-hmm. yeah, there we go. Disappointment. But a lot of hope for the future. 
Mickey Bacon, you'll remember this personally as the year you went to Hollywood and sold a, a book to Netflix. Um, so it's probably the last time we'll ever see you on this podcast. But how will you remember the football seasons for Ipswich Town? Look, there's no doubt that, look, that the finishing position is, is is massively disappointing. But as someone who's been going to Port Road since early 1970s, dare I say, as a wee nipper, um, this I'll remember this season as the season their fans at last did get their club back and at last have now a football club to be very proud of with owners who are investing a lot off the pitch. It's very easy to invest a lot on the pitch, just chuck money at players, but they've invested a lot off the pitch. The stadium is starting to look like a stadium. The fan zone, they think 26,000 the last match of the season. You've got your fact, we've all got our club back. That's not, so I'm quite positive. I've got no, I joke about the pointless trophy and stuff, but ne, joke, joking apart, there's a lot of positivity about this season, very much so. And uh, let's hope it cracks on into next season. Okay. Um, I want to finish with Stu saying the last comments on this podcast. Don't build it up thought. too much. No. Does, um, <laughs> does being the voice of the EADT come with a, a pay? Right. Yes. I think it, it should. should. I think it, it should, should, Stu, if you're being kind it's, of given. Uh, He's already, on, he's already on very good money. Um. Uh, yeah. <laughs> well, he should be on exceptional money. Exceptional money. Um, Stu, you don't feel like you can carry the outro if I do the outro and let you have the final say. Can do. I mean, it's, it's just <laughs> What's I haven't got say? any grand statement to say beyond really what Mike and Andy have said, to be oh, honest. Good. It's, it's, it's a year where, you know, I'll remember it as a year. Where, will always be the Macaulay Bond year. I think that will always be. Wes Burns. But it'll be, it'll be a year of what ifs. It's the, the points drop what could have been, but ultimately the crowds have started coming back. That is my big takeaway of crowds of 25, 26, 29,000 against Sunderland, 7,000 at MK Dons. I'll always take my lead from attendances and the drip, drip, drip of attendances down to what, you know, we were getting like 13,000 on Tuesday nights and it was it was becoming a chore for people to go to Portman Road. I think people were going out of duty rather than a, didn't, than a desire. And people are genuinely looking forward to going again now. And hopefully, as Andy says, this will be the year that we look back and say that was the year that Kieran McKenna arrived and, and uh, things started to go again. But every summer we say this, don't we? Next year's the one. It's got to be the one now. No more excuses. They finished 11th. They finished 11th, 9th and 11th in League One in successive seasons. And if you've read the comment piece that I've done this week, that does not stack up at all well against clubs of Ipswich's size in this league. We can't keep saying, oh, it's a tough league and da-da-da. They've got to be doing better than that next year. All the excuses about the late business and changes and transition, they're all gone now. McKenna's got his feet under the table. The new owners are a year plus in now. It's got to start happening for Ipswich. That would have been the perfect way to end. Um, Beautiful. The, the voice of the East Anglian Daily Times there, Dr. Stuart Watson. All that leaves me to say then, friends, is we're well into injury time now. Time added on. So I hope you've you've enjoyed today's bumper edition um, of the Kings of Anglia podcast. Um, a reminder to please support our sponsor, Manscaped. Use the code KOA at manscaped.com for 20% off. And free deliveries. You go into the summer, need to trim up your body for the uh, the summer beach body look. Uh, and also follow us across all social medias, Kings of Anglia on YouTube, please. We're trying to build that Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. Rossi, is there anything to tease forward to? Is there a Tractor Girls talk or a fan social coming at you this week? There shall be. So listen to them. There shall be. 
Um, I think staffing wise and lengthwise, this is going to be the only flagship Koei podcast this week. So go back and listen to it twice, friends, uh, if you feel deprived of not having two. Um, have a great rest of the week and we will speak to you next time. Archon, head to audioboom.com slash channel slash Archon.